Welcome back to Chatting to a Friend. I know, I know, it's been, as they say, a hot minute. But this year has just been so crazy. I don't know about you, but all the things put off from the COVID years uh, just all got rammed into this year and I just got a little behind and so I'm afraid the old podcast had to take a bit of a back seat. But we're back and it's a short season. Some of them were recorded quite some time ago, so apologies uh, to my amazing guests. Uh, I think you're really going to love these. One of them is very topical right now uh, and the rest are just as sort of evergreen as you would hope. And I really hope you enjoy. It's a short season three, but season three it is. Today's guest is Preet Chandy, or should I call her Captain Preet Chandy, or perhaps Polar Preet. You may have heard her called uh, many of these things. And this is an episode of Two Halves. When I first spoke to her, it was about October 2021, and she was literally two days from setting off to start her expedition. She eventually became the first woman of colour to reach the South Pole in Antarctica, unsupported. And we always said we would catch up afterwards. And the, the chat really was all about how, where did she come from? What was so difficult about getting started? What were the challenges and so on and so forth? And what would she want to get out of it? How would she think she would feel? And all the sort of things that you would imagine asking before such an expedition. But when she came back, obviously, uh, I was a little low down on the priority list, as you will hear in part two, because she just went into crazy busy times with lots of other really exciting follow-ups. And so when I did finally get to speak to her, sort of September-ish, August, September this year, that's 2022, what I realized, and I had kind of realized, but perhaps not as clearly as I should have, that she was actually practically packing up her bags to go back. And she is currently, as we speak, as I'm recording this, which is middle of November, 2022, she is on phase two, as she calls it. She is attempting to cross Antarctica, 1100 miles, pulling her sledge, her pulk with all of the kit. And so the second half of this interview is partly about how it went the first time, how she dealt with it when she came back, the things that she's maybe not ready to deal with until this next bit is over. And then talking about prep for this phase that she's currently on. If you're familiar with her and her expeditions, then you will know this. But uh, just before she left, she announced that she had the Princess of Wales, the new Princess of Wales as her patron. And that is a huge, huge thing, really, because as she'll tell you, you know, a few years ago, she really had no idea what she was doing and, and how to go about doing this. So everything she has achieved is absolutely extraordinary. If you want to follow her, you can catch her on polarpreet.com. There's a tracking map on her Instagram. You can see daily updates. Um, and it's a pretty extraordinary. And I'm so thrilled to be able to bring this to you while she's out on the ice for the second time and wishing her all the very best. That is, in case you missed it, Polar Preet, which is polar as it would normally expect. And Preet, P-R-E-E-T.com. Get listening, get inspired and get following. I just wanted to know what have been your biggest challenges getting to the start line? Okay, so um, there's been a lot of challenges challenges getting here. Um, and I think at the start was me not knowing 
really much about it. So yes, I, I knew I wanted to go to Antarctica, but where do I even start? Um, and then trying to get other people on board at the start is difficult because so many people have ideas, you know, what makes me different? You know, what experience do I have? And then trying to get funding was just, yeah, it was, it was really difficult to be honest at the start. I, you know, for, I don't even know how, 18 months ago or something, I was sending emails, um, like 10 emails a night to so many different companies. And I'm starting at the inquiry pages and just saying, this is who I am. And, you know, a lot of the time people didn't respond and then people did respond, but it was like the start of COVID. So people said, you know, it sounds great, but unfortunately we can't. And it was just so hard. And, you know, there were points I was like, God, am I actually going to get the funding to get here? And then I was like, how much of a loan can I take out? I said, I even started playing the lottery um, when I <laughs> realized how much it was going to cost. And, um, and I haven't won anything more than a lucky dip. So I'm really glad that I got sponsors on board. And I'm, I, you know, I remember the pitch to my first sponsor and I remember them coming on board and that was mighty. And oh my God, just, it, you know, that feeling was like, I've literally got, a, I've got a company who is sponsoring me and supporting me to do this. So that was really incredible. And then, you know, it's been COVID. So it's been, it's been quite challenging for, for lots of reasons, you know, not being able to get out of the country to train uh, because, you know, to train for an expedition like that, um, it's really useful to, to be in cold conditions and, um, and being conditions where, you know, you are actually digging up the snow, you're camping on snow. It's it's hard to kind of replicate that. And don't get me wrong, it's, you know, great experience camping anywhere, but to actually, you know, dig in the snow. Um, so last summer, I managed to get to Greenland, just in that kind of lull where we could travel with COVID. And, um, you know, everything about it was difficult. It was difficult to get there. We quarantined when we got there. I, I found a guide to take me kind of the week before getting all the permits and things. And it took, you know, I spent all of my savings and it took me over six months to pay the whole trip off as well. We spent 27 days on the ice cap. We had pretty horrendous weather, but again, great training. Even coming back off the ice, we um, got stuck in Greenland because the flights were cancelled. I remember trying to join like my second year of master's on like um, this hotel Wi-Fi in, this, in a small town with not great internet and our kit hadn't gone to the right place. Um, so I was like... But up until kind of reaching the UK, I was still in my ski boots. And <laughs> at one point, it just, yeah, with all of these things, it just, it was almost like, what's next? What else could, you know, make this difficult? And and for some reason, I decided to finish my master's this year because I thought it'll be great to get it done before I go. And now it's done. It's great. But oh my God, it was so stressful. <laughs> and I just, you know, some of the trips I did, it was just, I remember going from, um, London after some exams I had and because there was still snow in Scotland so I was desperate to get there and I just finished some exams at like five o'clock I was supposed to get on a train at nine and then uh, the trains were were delayed or cancelled I can't remember now and uh, I decided that's it I'm just going to drive I don't want to miss this opportunity of, of the snow uh, so I drove from at like 9 p.m six <sighs> hours to Preston and then slept for a few like three hours and then drove the rest of the way to the Cairngorms and then once I got there I um, literally did a day's day of training like I hiked up to a thousand meters I had all my gear I did some ski training it was great and then I slept well that night and then I had like three four days of wild camping and then on the way back I just bought my first house and um, I picked literally picked up the keys in Derby and then dropped the car off hired a van drove to London to get the rest <laughs> of my stuff and it's just and it's funny because that sounds like a crazy story but it's, it feels like life has just been <laughs> you know one thing after the other like that so it's it's been 
insanely full on it has but it's it's so rewarding to even be here and I know you know I haven't started the expedition yet but you know it, it has been tough to get here and I'm really like I'm I'm proud of myself actually that to, to actually be here you know I'm I'm actually going this year and you know a, a lot of people you know couldn't get the funding to go this year or you know even with COVID alone there have been so many um so many other issues whether it's getting funding being able to get the training in time so yeah th- there's been some, <laughs> there's been some challenges but I have no regrets Oh, amazing 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 I feel <laughs> like you might just like some alone time on the ice to get over all of that oh, tell me about it I was thinking actually um I was thinking how to like celebrate and you know obviously I'll have some time to well, a lot of time to reflect out there and my food is in 10 day food bags and mm-hmm. I was going to have a little treat at the end of each one now I don't know what treat I'm going to have yet but just some milestones this year that I, I genuinely didn't really celebrate um so you know I I bought my first house about seven months ago I think about four people have come to the house you know I finishing my master's I can't like I got a distinction I was so happy with that somebody who's never felt very academic and it was hard kind of squeezing in part-time over two years and I kind of I got the results I was so excited I was um in the office and uh, one of my colleagues he was like oh let's you know have a a sip of slow gin uh, which I did and then that was it it was just back to normal so when people say like congratulations I'm kind of a bit like oh what for like (laughs) you know it's not forgotten about but it's just you know I I feel like I haven't had the time to really celebrate it so yeah on like my 10-day markers I think I'm going to be like whatever that treat is or just be something small and light but be like you know this is because I bought my first house this year. This is because I finished my master's, you know. This is, you know, when I was like, I was vaccinating as part of COVID and, you know, just just different things that, that were done this year that um, seemed to kind of like, you know, passed over because obviously this expedition is huge <laughs> and taking up a lot of my time. Yeah, and getting to the start line, as far from what I can gather from so many other people and from yourself, getting to the start line, it feels like almost more than half the battle. Yeah. It, it really does it yeah it um I mean I hope I've got it'd be great if I was like yeah it's easy now you know I've done the hard bit. but yeah you're right like it it's you know getting to this point is something like I'm I'm literally flying out on Sunday to, to Chile and my kit you know most of my kit's already there and um yeah it's um I'm just really excited to start really <laughs> get on the that ice. is amazing and what do you think so you've done a lot of things like Marathon de Saab and and fitting in all this crazy planning and the MSC and all these things. What will you take from those to keep you going when things get tough? I think the fact that I can do this, you know, you know, one of the things that drew me to something like this, other than obviously wanting to inspire a lot of people and you know, the fact that this mental and physical challenge, like when do we ever push ourselves to our mental and physical limits? And, you know, there's been times where I thought I just can't do anymore. When I got back to the UK from Greenland, still in my ski boots and, and, and stuff, the, the next day, I was supposed to be doing the virtual London Marathon and I had to isolate because I'd gone through Denmark and um, I had to isolate. So my trainers and stuff were still in Greenland in that bag and I decided to do it. And I did. And I did it in my boots because that's all I had in London at the time. I did it on the patio, which wasn't very, very big at all. And it took me seven and a half hours. And it's that, you know, that kind of, I don't know, that want, that determination, that 
like this was it was so hard I was absolutely deflated you know from from a look like mentally as well and physically uh, and like I said it, it cost me so much um, and I just didn't have anything anything left um, but I did and and I think you know that that's what I you know I have deep inside that that's what will keep me going it's about so much more than me you know, it's about so much more than me. And even though it's a solo expedition, it's more than that. And, you know, the fact that I am an Asian woman, I am a woman of color doing this is really, really powerful. And I know a lot of people don't quite understand that. And, you know, I, I'll try and, I mean, I, I put a video up just yesterday, actually, about when I did a, a talk to this outdoor leaders group from diverse backgrounds. And and I thought rather than me trying to explain to people, I will, you know, record them and their responses. And they are just incredible, you know, listening to them talk motivates me and you know there's people there who are like not, not only is it representation but the fact that you can do it makes me feel like I can do it the fact that you know I'm brown and they're brown it's it's really powerful you know people say the the outdoors is for everyone and it is but if you're from a community that where that's that's not the norm at all it's scary to go out there and do this stuff and I get that a polar expedition is huge I do but I didn't start there you know I at 19 when I joined the army reserves and I didn't tell anybody because again it's something so out of the norm and you know step by step it's grown sorry I've gone on to a huge tangent there as I do I remember what the original question was <laughs> well no you've actually answered about three of my questions so that's fine okay. <laughs> but what is it that you want for to show women of color specifically that they can do because of what you're going to do or even what you've done to this point because even getting yeah. to this point has its massive barriers yeah. I I just want to show them that it's okay to break boundaries, you know, and, you know, a lot of us are from communities where, you know, that's a bad thing. You know, it really is like, actually, no, you should stay in your lane. You should stay in your box. Like, why are you doing things that are out of the norm? You know, I still repeatedly, not even like last week, I'll get asked, oh, Preet, when are you going to get married? Because, you know, I'm like, I'm training for this huge expedition or when I want to I started my degree as a physio or why aren't you going to be a doctor or a dentist? You know, why are you moving away from home? There's so many things, you know, why, why do you keep going on these hikes, whatever it is I'm doing? And, and people see this as the norm, but just because it's the norm for you, it doesn't mean it's the norm for everybody. You know, people have different start lines, like I said about, you know, the outdoor community. And I love seeing more and more, you know, diverse groups going into the outdoors because, you know, it shows that, you know, you can do that. And it's easier when you do see people that look like you doing it, you know, yeah. it, it really is. Um, so I, I want to show them that it's okay to break the boundaries. And also that, you know, they are capable of so much. They really are. Like, it's so easy for me to say, believe in yourself. And I, and I get that. But honestly, when I did, I just, I realized how much more I could achieve. And, mm. you know, as I've gone and done different things, the more I've done, the more I've realized I'm capable of. And that's, that's what I want to show people. You know, my glass ceiling at one point would have been, wow, joining the army as an officer, you know, that would be amazing. And I remember that phone call. I remember when I got that phone call and, you know, they said I'm joining and, you know, that's just incredible. Again, you know, something so out of the norm, so different. And I just, yeah, that I want to say that you, well, 
<laughs> you are capable of whatever you want to achieve, mm. whatever that is, you know, whether that's something educational, whether that's in the arts, whether that's something in the outdoors, it does not matter. It, it does not matter what it is. And just take that first step. And and it's hard. I get it. It's hard to step out of your comfort zone. I find it hard every single time I do it. But that's how we learn. It's how mm. we grow, you know, and I feel like now, even through this journey, like this two years, I've grown so much and I'm doing more and more. On my wrist, I'm wearing a, a band, which is called a Rukri. And basically, I've been doing it. Um, I've been tying this band for years on my brothers. And it's kind of uh, about the, the bond between brothers and sisters. And, you know, it's a symbol of, of protection. So I tie it a woman ties it on her brothers each year. And this year, I asked my brothers to tie it on me because I need that same protection too. And, you know, it's okay to question the way that Mm. things are done. This is how we grow. And I think for a long time, you know, if I did question things, it was seen as disrespectful or why, you you know, why are you doing that as rebellious? And I've realized that it's not, you know, it's not at all. It's it's okay to question things. It's good to question things, Mm. you know, It, it really is. And you just, you realize that there's a whole world out there. There's, you know, I mean, now talking about polar expeditions obviously doesn't seem that unusual two years on after training but if anybody had mentioned anything like this to me before that not a chance I didn't know anything (laughs) about it you know and people say to me now I don't look like a polar explorer you know people say uh, when I had frost nip on my nose in Greenland that they haven't seen that kind of injury on uh, somebody with my color skin so you know it is it is powerful Mm -hmm. you're and I'm so glad that I'm at a point where I can describe myself as a woman of color because I'm finally comfortable in the skin that I'm in. You know, I'm not, you know, em- embarrassed, which I probably was when I was younger. It was hard for me to come to this stage. So there is no way I'm going to let somebody else, you know, tell me that it's not okay to describe myself this way. Yeah. I'm not doing it to, you know, upset people. It's not about that. It's about, you know, that this my brown skin and and my culture is a huge part of me. It's it's been a huge part of my upbringing. It's been a huge part of my experiences. And, you know, there are a lot of other people, you know, that feel this way as well. And I just want to show them that, yeah, you you can do whatever you want. You, You really can. And it doesn't matter, you know, if you've started a little bit behind or you feel a little bit behind, or even if you don't fully believe in yourself yet. I've done loads of things where I didn't really believe in myself, but I did them anyway. Yeah. And then that reward to know that you've you've taken that step and you've done that is just incredible. Um, again, I'm getting on one of my No, 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 no. It's completely amazing. I'm interested to know what you think your mindset will be out there. Have you have you worked on your mindset? And do you yeah. have a vision of what success looks like to you, even if you don't make the final destination? which yeah. we obviously hope you do. But. <laughs> yeah, so in mindset, I have worked with that. So I've been working with um, a lady called Kate Strong, who's been amazing. And I, I had a few sessions with her and I always made sure that I went because it's one of those things people forget to work on. And it's so easy because, you know, it's easy to concentrate on the, the physical things. Well, I've got to physically train. I have to physically plan, you know, my kit and, and equipment. So it, it was it was something I was like, because... I'm I'm an overthinker, you know, if I'm out there and I've had a bad day and, you know, it's so easy to spiral, isn't it? It's so easy mm-hmm. to get yourself. And, and once you're in that kind of, 
in that spiral and you're feeling mentally down, it makes everything harder. So I knew I had to work on it. So, you know, we we did some things together like, okay, when I'm feeling like that, what can I do to pick me up? Or how do I stop myself kind of feeling that way? So there's a few different things. So for example, my pork is named Simran after my niece. So she'll be waiting for me outside every day, as will Gunanvir, who's my nephew. So he's his my skis are named after him. So every morning, get me out of the tent. They're waiting for me. I've got some comments in the tent as well to help me. I've got my friends sending me voice notes. So when I'm having down periods, I can listen to those voice notes to help, help pick me up. And then I think a big thing as well is focusing on internal factors. So I cannot control the weather. I cannot control, you know, the whiteouts. Uh, I can't control any of that. I can control how I feel internally. That is mine to control. So I've been working on that. So for for example, you know, there'll be points where my pork, which is my sled, might get stuck on certain things. And that can be a little bit frustrating. You know, I, I, I had experiences like that in Greenland as well. So, for example, when I'm dragging my tires, which is what I do to simulate me pulling the sled or the pork, you know, it gets stuck sometimes. And I learn not to, to get frustrated by that and just, you know, laugh about it okay I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna use my hands to drag that now uh my arms have definitely gotten stronger <laughs> from going over, <laughs> over all the curves but it's 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 a good thing to practice so you know when I get frustrated and I've I've had I've done it in a few different things actually even some of the comments I've been receiving mm-hmm. you know a, a lot of people again you know why does it matter that you're a woman of color why do people keep talking about this you know you're you're a person and if I let those frustrate me I think back a little bit and I'm like, okay, you know, it's a lack of understanding for them, but that's okay, you know, and I don't need to respond to that, um, you know, if so, at one point, you know, I may, so for example, respond in my own way. So I made a video, uh, which honestly, just that video, I could watch it so many times and it just, it's so heartwarming to see, you know, this diverse group of people who, you know, see me and they're like, if she can do it, I can do it. How powerful is that? Um, And then back to your other question in terms of, Um, how I see success. I think, you know, someone said to me, um, make sure you enjoy it. And I know that sounds super simple, but actually there will be hard times. I remember in Greenland thinking, oh my God, this is horrible. And I'm in Greenland, you know, this (laughs) amazing place. And, you know, you can just see kind of snow all around and and it was incredible, but you will have those down moments. I'm I'm on my own. It's, it's, It's inevitable. I think that I will have them. So I think success for me is, enjoying the journey along the way and realizing how far I've come and like even the it's funny isn't it because you know we'll call the start when I my first day on the ice but the start for me was so much you know was like yeah so much before that and success is yeah it's I think being comfortable where I am in myself, I'm, I'm the most confident I've been at this point, you know, going through this journey, the way I describe myself, that, you know, the way that I want to inspire people and, and tell my journey. So, I mean, obviously, yes, you know, my aim is to get to the South Pole, but I, I feel like I've come quite a long way. And Greenland, we, you know, I didn't actually, so my plan was to do a crossing um, and I didn't actually finished a crossing like we had horrendous weather and we were extracted off the ice after 27 days and you know how do I see that I see that as a great trip that I learned a lot from and you know I think again that's the mindset isn't it how do you see that do I see that as a complete failure or do I see that as something that actually I learned a lot from that trip and probably a lot more because we had all those conditions mm. and that's where my mindset goes you know sometimes now if I'm going out and it's bad weather I think to myself oh, well, at least I'm not sleeping out in the wet, you know, and it just, 
those those situations I've put myself in so when I'm in Antarctica you know uh, my mindset might be oh okay well at least I'm not sticking the tent for four days because of a storm you know, mm-hmm. it's because I've put myself in 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 those positions. So yeah, I think hopefully that answers the question. It does. It does. And so I have two more for you, and they're sort of connected. What are your fears about being out there? Is it being on your own? Is it being in pain? Is it missing people? Is it? Tell me, what are your fears? Yeah, I think the being alone thing is is going to be difficult for sure I mean I've done some training on my own but you know that's never more than kind of you know four days when I was in Greenland there was somebody else there when I when I was in Iceland again even though I, I did a few days on my own still I know I know that there's you know someone too, not too far away as well so I think you know that there will be difficult times within that and I think I I want to accept that, you know, that I don't want to be, oh no, I'm, I'm going to be absolutely fine on my own all of the time. I'm going to have this great, great mindset all of the time because I know there will be difficult times. So I think it's important to accept that and just think, okay, when I'm in that point, how am I going to manage that? You know, just, you know, I'll take a deep breath. How, how am I going to lift myself up um, from that? And again, you know, I've, I've got the things I spoke about before. Mm. Obviously, things like the weather can get, um, can get quite extreme in conditions like that. And um, Hannah McKean, actually, um, who is a polar explorer, and um, I went on her polar course last year in February, which, you know, was a a great course and gave me a great baseline for somebody who didn't know much about polar exploration, said to me that she she has something called the toilet test. And if, you know, if you're able to go out and, you know, go to the toilet, dig a hole to go in and over, then you're probably okay to ski (laughs) through that weather. And I was like, I like that. Um, So, uh, so you know, I thought that's, and it's just, again, it's, it's that mindset, isn't it? It's, yes, there'll be tough times. Yes, you know, traveling in a whiteout's hard. It's almost, somebody else described it as traveling in a marshmallow, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I, I think it's a great explanation because you really cannot see. And, and that's quite difficult. You know, mm. you're just staring down. I've got like a compass mount and a compass and you're staring at that for the time. Um, so I've got like a mixture of audio books to help me get through, like some more inspiring ones, some more like super chilled, you know, teenage romance <laughs> where, I don't, where I don't have to think too much and a mixture of those. So I think it'll be a mixture. I think, you know, the, the being alone aspect will be difficult, without a doubt. Um, and I think, you know, there'll be points, obviously, at the start, my my pork is, is quite heavy, and then mm. it'll get lighter as I go on, because food and fuel is, is the heaviest thing. And I, I know that that first degree where I start traveling, I've been told it's quite steep. And um, yeah, <laughs> so kind of, you know, preparing, trying to prepare as men, as much as you possibly can. I mean, mm. and I say as much as you can, because, you know, I've not been to Antarctica. So mm. you can, you know, I have I haven't been in yeah there before, so you can only kind of train so much for that and, until I'm actually there. So uh, I am a daydreamer, which is good. <laughs> so hopefully, yeah. I, hopefully, I can go into <laughs> loads of daydreams. Um, but yeah, a, a, a big one for me is just knowing how many people I'm reaching. Um, you know, knowing that my my nine year old niece sees her auntie, uh, her pua, uh, which is what we say in Punjabi, doing this and seeing that as the norm, you know, seeing like the other day she came over to the house and I said, do you want to put the tent up or do you want to watch something on Netflix? And she wanted to put the tent up. And again, that might be the norm for some, but that is super powerful for me. You know, the first time I ever went camping was when I was 19 with the army reserves. And the fact that she wants to do it at nine years old because it's something we do together mm. you know and it's just honestly it's, it's incredible that yeah I, I really hope that she and you know many others grow up 
you know, with less barriers and boundaries, basically. And well, so you've added another question into my uh, <laughs> thing. I, I, first of all, I want to say how powerful that is. And you made me quite emotional there thinking about you, thinking about your niece and your nephew when you're out there. I think that's incredible. Talk to me very quickly about the toilet thing, going to the loo in the uh, like, <laughs> not so easy for girls. No. How have you prepped for that? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. So when I went on my polar course, the best thing ever I used. So it's called a frechette and it's basically like a shiwi, mm-hmm. but you pee into a 1.5 litre bottle. Mm. And I, I fell in love with this item because <laughs> it, means, it means once I'm in the tent, I don't have to leave to go for a wee. Mm. You know, it's just amazing. And then to go to go to. Um, yeah, to, to kind of open my bowels, basically, I'd go out and dig a little hole and basically go to the toilet in that hole. Or once I've put the tent up, I'll go out and make a little toilet yeah. for myself. And that's, you know, that's where I'll keep going. You do become quite regular, though, I found. Oh. So, you know, once you're on the freeze-dried meal, so hopefully then I will, <laughs> yeah, go at the same time every day. Although I do have a spare pair of underwear, just in case. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I am taking panty liners, which are like the best thing ever, yeah. I realised. So I really started using using them like while I've been doing this training over two years and now I love them I'm like yeah. these are amazing yeah, obviously I'm not, you know and it's just you know that is a little bit of a luxury yeah. uh, so it's it's just yeah just incredible um yeah at some point it's like when I think about the stuff I want to talk and write about my notes on my phone are mental like I have I have so many notes of things and I was like yes you know I really want to like talk about this because it's interesting talk about you know what what would happen you know if I had my period if I was out there just stuff mm. that I want to talk about that still again, you know, some of it's cultural, some of it's like, you know, wider than that, that people mm. don't want to speak about or talk about, because again, it's not the norm to talk about, but why, why not? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Because as we have said all along, this, where you're going is major, the majority of, you know, people say you don't look like a polar explorer, because that's yeah. not, that's because you're not a white bearded man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> A beardy white man, and 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 so there, there, you know. I I spoke to Jenny Wordsworth. Beginning oh, of the year. she's amazing! Oh, I love Jenny. So amazing. Oh. Let's hope you don't yeah. end up with her injury because oh, no. that's a bit gross. Um, but you know, so there's all that sort of stuff that's so important yeah. when you break these boundaries as a woman. That you know, and I, I was involved in a, a mountaineering thing this summer. All female teams getting to the summits of mountains. And, you know, there were female guides and it was those sorts of questions. How do you pee? What do you do with your harness? All that kind of stuff. And it's so important because it shouldn't be icky or gross or weird because just because it doesn't happen to men doesn't mean it doesn't happen. No, it's good good to talk about it. You know, like it really is. Jenny Wordsworth is absolutely great. I I started speaking to her just over a year ago and she was just so helpful. And, you know, she loaned me kit when I went to Greenland. She wasn't even at home and she left it with her partner so I could pick (sighs) it up. Like, you know, without even meeting me, she was, she's just been amazing. And, and it's great when, you know, there's a female that's done it previously, Mm -hmm. who's just so willing to just help and, you know, Know, uh, give all the knowledge that she's learned and she, you know she's been out there twice and oh you know good on her for doing it like you know with that injury as well I'm oh. sure you've seen the images I have um, oh it's giving me the goosebumps <laughs> <laughs> so she's um yeah like she, she's an incredible person uh, she really is she um 
and you know and I've spoken to other women too like Molly Hughes I spoke to not that long ago as well but I've already mentioned Hannah McKean um, and there's yeah there's some really really great people that you know have helped me get here because you don't know what you don't know yeah. you know you, you learn you learn from other people so yeah 100% amazing okay my last question is um what conversation are you hoping to have with me and all the bazillions of other people that will interview when you get back what is like what is your hope for that conversation well that's a good question uh what is my hope so I I think it's important to just talk about where I started actually uh because I think people can relate to that and I think people always see the end don't they so people even now will see oh well army officer you know she's uh, doing this big polar expedition but I didn't start there and I want people to see where I started that you know I didn't have many GCSEs I didn't have any A-levels and I want because you know I want people to to be able to relate you know the fact that the community that I've come from like I say that so a lot of people have been asking me more recently because I've been on uh, I've done one or two interviews now and I went to the temple the other day and people I wanted a prayer done uh, and I was you know saying that I'm going to the South Pole and trying to explain to people that I was going to the South Pole and not to South Hall <laughs> and, and it's just but they are the conversations because you know people don't actually realize where it is so you know that I think is a big thing for kind of wanting to relate to people not just from my community but from like any person who's come from somewhere where you know this is just so so out of the norm that they believe it's impossible and mm. you know I I want them to believe that nothing is impossible you know if one if one person's done it as well you know other people have done this it, it is not impossible and it doesn't matter that you know you don't have you have different skin color it doesn't matter where you've come from or where you started that you know you you can achieve whatever you want to achieve and you know, that's, that's the big message I want to get across as much as possible. And, you know, I'm thinking now about the blogs that I'll be doing when I'm out there. And mm. I really want, yeah, I want them to reach as many people as possible, because I really, I really do want to inspire people. And when I get back, I'm starting an adventure grant for, for females who want to do unique adventures. And that can be it could be anything, you know, it doesn't, it, could, it however big or however small, um, I need to think of a name for it yet, but I'm hoping mm-hmm. the 45 days in Antarctica will give me time to think. <laughs> and, um, um, and it's, and, you know, I'll start set, setting that up. So like everything I need to do when I get back, but it's funny because I had a GoFundMe page, but well, I still have a GoFundMe page because obviously it's an expensive expedition. And before I'd even got my first sponsor on board, I decided that, that, that page was going to be 50 50 50% was going to go towards a grant and 50% towards my expedition and that just goes back to why I actually want to do this in the first mm. place and stuff like that drives me you know it, it drives me to know that you know after this I'm going to be hopefully you know helping other people break boundaries and and you know hopefully like just giving a little bit of funding for so for them to do something that's unique or something that's different so I'm really excited about that oh it's all so incredible I'm so I'm so excited for you and I'm so (laughs) I know it sounds terribly weird and patronizing but I'm so proud of you because it's just so humongous it's just really amazing and I hope you have the most incredible experience I'm sure there will be some dark times and some difficult experiences but I hope it is just magical Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I look forward to talking to you when I'm back. (laughs) So thank you for uh, joining me again, Preet. It's so lovely to hear from you. Um, I just wanted to touch on 
your background because we talked about that briefly in the last interview and I just it's something that we didn't really get into and I felt like it was something quite important to you do you want to give us a little bit of a uh, a rundown of your childhood your you know and 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 up until the point you decided to go to the Antarctic of course uh well thank you for having me again firstly and um yeah so so I was um I was born in Derby um that's where I'm originally from and um, I've got two older brothers who I grew up with there and uh, just went to kind of the school across the road I started playing tennis when I was about 10 years old um so a little bit of a late starter but then started playing quite a lot so I moved away from home when I was 14 on like a scholarship and played in certain tennis academy. I lived with a guardian there for a little while because I was too young to uh, to live in like the, the tennis house without parents. And then I moved to Czech Republic and I lived there for three years uh, until I was 19. Came back to the UK when I was 19. So I, so I didn't really come out of school with very much. So I, I went to school part-time, only came out with a few GCSEs. I didn't do any A-levels. I remember, and to be honest, I didn't really enjoy tennis for a long time as well. And I remember at 19 feeling really behind everybody else my age, um, thinking that, you know, I didn't know how I was going to be able to um, get a decent job uh, and be able to provide for myself and, and this independence that I, I craved, I would say. So when I came back to, to England, I got a job at Burger King. I started volunteering at the hospital twice uh twice a week once a week and I was I was one of the people taking the trolleys around um and I started an access course the access course was great and helped me get onto my degree and going to the universities that I wanted to get into which was like huge for me I remember being mm. told that um I wouldn't be able to do it because I didn't have enough experience and I wasn't smart enough I mean I didn't have enough experience but I think that's okay and I think you know the amount of times I get told that I think regularly um for different things <laughs> I want to do because I always want to do things that I don't have the experience for but that's okay you know you go and you learn and I shadowed so I did my degree in physiotherapy and I shadowed so many physios that year as well to, you know, to get kind of experience. And I also saw an advert for the Army Reserves in Derby City Centre or for the Army even. And I decided to join up, uh, join up the medical, medical squadron. So I joined up as a private soldier. I didn't tell anybody in my family that I was mm -hmm. doing that. Uh, because again, it was something quite different and out of the norm for, for somebody from my background to do. And uh, when I did tell them, there were certain members that weren't very happy with what I'd done. Again, mm. something very different to, you know, to, to what what they knew and what was expected, I think, of me. And eventually, I um, after kind of five or six years, five years, I um, I became an officer. Um, so I went through the commissioning process and became an officer in the Army Reserves to start with. And I remember not really telling anybody and again I didn't I didn't invite um anybody to the passing out parade like a graduation oh. ceremony and it wasn't actually until I joined the regular army that I did invite them yeah and it, you know it's great to have them there obviously they're were, they were really proud of, of what I'd achieved but I think it took a while on both sides so from me I for so long I didn't really tell people what I was doing I just you know because I think I knew I was going to get either criticism or told that you don't know what you're doing and I just didn't want that so I yeah, yeah I mean even still now I think I just go and do things that, you know when mm -hmm. people ask what my family thought of me going to Antarctica I was like well I never really sat anybody down and told them <laughs> I think I was just <laughs> like yeah I'm gonna go to Antarctica 
and and just kind of yeah got so used to to doing that but um yeah that's my background I always kept in touch and I've always been close to my two older brothers which is really nice for me like no matter where we were in the world and we still do you know we're all in our 30s and we'll still get together and and well actually literally two weeks ago we went went go-karting um <laughs> and, nice. uh, and then went for dinner which was nice yeah and I'm close to my my niece and my my two nephews as well which is uh, is really nice to have and then on from there I just um yeah ended up traveling quite a lot uh just because uh, different opportunities came up. Obviously, then I went to join the regular army, so traveling through the military as well. But I, um, for me, I feel like the more I've done, the more I realize I'm capable of. And I find that really exciting. And I think mm. that's why people always say to me, I don't have enough experience because I'm always looking for something else. And, mm-hmm. and then I, you know, something that I don't know much about. <laughs> um, but hey, I didn't know much about Antarctica a few years ago. So I think, um, I think all of that has given me confidence as well. Amazing. Oh, so good. Thank you for filling me in on that. I think I kind of knew it, but I wanted to hear it in your own words. And yeah. and I, I, I totally get that about the not much experience or not, because I have the sort of brain that needs new stuff. Like I've, I've, oh, I've done this thing. Right, right. Good. I've, I've achieved the scary goal. Um, okay. What can I do next? Yeah. And so I always think of myself as not somebody who's not particularly sporty. And yet I, you know, I have competed in a number of different races and different disciplines over the years, very much as a completer, not a competer, and think, well, it's just because, oh, there's a new sport. Oh, there's a new thing and a new thing. <laughs> so I get that completely. Um, so tell me, we chatted before and you were literally days away and I was so grateful for you for squeezing in a, a last interview or one of your last interviews with me. And you had talked about the journey to get there and just how, as you just said, you know, you'd never know, didn't know anything about the Antarctic and then you were off and I followed you every single day. And I really, honestly, I don't know who was doing your social media, but they, whatever they were, te- or whatever you were telling them or whatever, it came across like you just had an amazing time. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> it was, I mean, parts of it were amazing uh and I'm not gonna say every day was amazing because I I think yeah it got to a point probably after halfway that every day seemed to be like a struggle so I'm Mm. glad it sounded like I was having an amazing time (laughs) because don't get me wrong like what an incredible place to to be but it yeah it, it got difficult at times and I actually uh there was a message inside my tent that said uh been written and it said um remember to enjoy it which mm-hmm. um you know it's easier said than done I think when you're there it's um you know having done it I was like wow what an incredible place to be but thinking of going back I still remember the dark moments and mm. you know a little bit nervous to kind of come across them again and thinking about how I would handle them differently but it was incredible it you know it it was just I mean to to be in Antarctica first of all and then you know to be there on your own and just like especially on the clear days like seeing looking out for like miles ahead it was just yeah it was um it was really incredible and 
just to to really feel alone as well I think was really magical it wasn't always sometimes you know that was actually really difficult but I think we can find magic in those difficult moments as well especially Mm. when I look back so yes it was amazing Um, and even I think you know the difficulties and everything about that made it amazing because one of the things we talked about was how one of the things you were afraid of was that being alone yeah and can you tell me where the darkest times do you think maybe a stupid question because you were on your own because you had various strategies that you were going to use uh to to get to get you out of the the dark times and the funks can you tell me a little bit about some of the dark times and how you felt your strategies worked? Yes. So I um, I think the, the difficult thing was there was no mental escape. Um, so, you know, back home or anywhere, really, if I'm having a bad day or something's come into my mind, I realise that I distract myself. And I think often mm. we do that. We distract ourselves, you know, with something else or I talk to somebody. And obviously, I didn't have those normal coping mechanisms. And, it, you know, it's not even something I think... I would have thought about before, you know, this is how mm. I cope with this. You just automatically do something else. And, um, you know, I had audio books with me. I had the voice notes from my, from those closest to me were just, they were the best thing ever. Mm. Like hearing voices um, of your loved ones after you've had like the worst day and just, mm. you know, it was, it was really special to me. But sometimes I struggled to get out of kind of the, the darkness and, um, you know, it, for me personally, it was things like frustration and sometimes a little bit of anger towards the people that I think or I felt almost went out of their way to put kind of boundaries and barriers mm. in my in my way. Um, and, you know, not 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 necessarily people who didn't believe in me, but it's almost people that I felt like not not only didn't believe in me, but tried to stop me. And and and, you know, that I found difficult to kind of get past. And I remember in the past, people have said to me, uh, use that, you know, use that frustration, use that anger to help you. And I think while I was in Antarctica, I was thinking, well, I'm not doing this in spite um, mm. you know I'm not here in spite of those people and it's not about them and I don't really want like that to be coming in my mind so I'd remind myself why I was there in the first place and that helped mm. me and then at the end of the day is like every every food bag I had I had messages from different people um, from social media or website people I hadn't met with their names on them and and you know it's just kind of a reminder really that actually this isn't really just about you you know yeah. <laughs> it's more important than you like and it sometimes like I've read in places as well that you know you should treat yourself like you would one of your friends and it's hard in tough moments because you know we're our own worst critics right and and sometimes I wasn't very nice to myself and I'd be like come on get on with it this isn't you know this isn't just about you like I'm I'm not here to be selfish like doing this means so much more it's bigger than me and sometimes that did help as well I think more you know reading all the different the messages I had with me so I'd, I'd written them on my feed bags or listening to you know my, my close friends and, and their voice notes was was yeah really helpful because you've said and uh, you know you, you, this was as you say is bigger than you you had something that you wanted to show that people of color women of color specifically coming from different backgrounds having you know no real experience in the outdoors can do something really extraordinary. So I assume many of those messages were to do with that. But how did you feel? Were there times when you really did just say, ah, 
I just, I can't make it bigger than me. Did you ever have those times? Because oh, yeah, I see sometimes you you're just like right down to the, I just don't want to put my boots on and get out the tent or yes. whatever. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and I don't think, you know, excuse me, I don't think every day I thought, okay, this is because I think you have to have that element that, you know, I mean, we, we use the word selfish with negative connotations a lot. And I don't think it needs to be. And, no. you know, you have to have those selfish moments because end of the day, I'm there on my own physically on the ice. Um, yeah. So I've, I've got to want it, you know, there's going to be reasons there, And I 100% uh, I felt like that. And in, in those moments, I just took it a step at a time. I didn't even think about anything wider at all. I just thought about, you know, my left foot in front of me and then my right foot in front of me. Oh. And, and and that was it. I Absolutely nothing more than that. Not the end of the day. Just, you know, and, and it, it got difficult. It really did. Like, it was so windy at times. And just, I remember screaming into the wind. I was so frustrated. And, you know, that in those moments, I sometimes, so I called my partner on my satellite phone every, mm. um, every evening. And I thought about just, there was a lot of sistrugi in these, in these places, um, which like the wind-shaped ridges. And I remember like falling into them, luckily no serious injuries, but they could be quite deep. And so I was sheltered a little bit from the wind. And, and I thought about just calling my partner because, it would make me feel better. Mm. And then I was kind of like, well, that's not going to help me. I'm going to be out in the cold just sitting for longer. So, you know, there I had to think, okay, what's the, the best strategy is actually just to keep going, no matter how mm. difficult that is, it's better in the long run. So that's what I did. And, and, and those times it was just like, right, get up. Okay, you know, get my skis out of this little ditch that I've got myself <laughs> into, pull my sled out, and then just literally left foot forward, right foot forward left foot forward right foot forward and wow. and you know that was kind of dory in my head saying just keep going instead of just keep yeah. swimming and, and <laughs> taking it a step at a time so 100% like it wasn't and you know you, you change the strategies to how you're feeling so you know that that wasn't always the helpful thing to think about that actually is more important than me yes no 100% and do you feel like how do you feel that has changed you in the way that you deal with frustrations and, and life back in the real world, that sort of just being able to narrow your focus right down to one st one foot in front of the other? I think knowing that it's okay to, again, I keep using that word, it's okay to be selfish um, mm -hmm. because it was a lot when I got back. So I did about uh, j just over three months of school talks back to back and it was um I think I reached about 18,000 students um yeah. 8,000 miles on the work car but it was I was just exhausted and don't get me wrong I, I love you know I love speaking to people I come alive when I speak to people and you know being able to speak to so many students but I was also struggling quite a lot and I remember just not thinking or not knowing what was wrong with me that you know that I was okay during the talks but it was the in-between or when I'd finished and, and I was in different locations I wasn't home with my partner you know I was a week in Northern Ireland a week in Scotland West Mid like you know different regions of the UK mm -hmm. and um, I found that really hard and then when that finished in May of course I then started my my next role within the military so moved and, and knowing that I've got you know I'm planning kind of a big expedition as well and I was in quite a lot of debt when I got back as well, which was difficult. So all, all of that was a lot to manage. And I think I'm really glad I, you know, I have a really good support group with my partner and those closest to me because 
they yeah they were just great they really were were and um I kept saying okay I think I I need to speak to somebody professionally and just you know work out a way of coping with them and it's what I didn't know and (laughs) still figuring out I was like well I'm gonna go back really soon Mm -hmm. so do I want to speak to a therapist right now or do Mm -hmm. I want to speak to a sports psychologist and then speak to a therapist (laughs) when I'm back because how much do I want to unpack (laughs) before I leave so at the moment I've gone the sports psychologist route and um Mm. yeah I think it is kind of for me I think it's the one one thing I don't know and I still haven't figured out is if you need to forgive people to move on um, I don't know the answer mm. to that. I really don't. And I, I, you know, I understand completely that there's a sense of kind of letting go of, you know, certain frustrations because that's probably hurting me more. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think if you're mentally down, then it definitely affects you physically and, and make things harder. But, you know, I don't really know, 100% don't know the answers to those questions no. uh, or, or a lot of them. But I do, you know what, actually, it's given me ideas of what to talk about in my blog as well. And that's made me excited because <laughs> with all of yeah. these things, I, I, I think, I've oh, got, I'm so much more honest now than I ever mm. was when I was younger. Because when I was younger, it was very much make sure you project a certain image and Mm -hmm. you know look the right way and talk the right way and I realized that actually just meant I lied quite a lot and now I just I want to be real with people uh, because yes I've gone and done this but also I'm you know I have insecurities I have like times where it's difficult and you know also if I can go do this you know Punjabi girl from Derby then Mm -hmm. then actually you can go and do anything you want and you know not because it's easy because it wasn't easy there was you know it was really difficult but I think with hard work we can go and achieve anything Yes. Oh, my word. There's a lot to unpack there. You're right. (laughs) No, but uh, just touching back on a few of the things you said, I have to say that when I, because I follow you obviously on social media, and when I said right at the beginning of this interview that the expedition itself, although, I mean, I, I, I realize I probably sounded a bit flippant in saying you had a really great time, but it just came across like, this is what you'd prepared for, this is what you were doing, and although it was tough, you were sticking it out and you were doing all the right things and this is what you had trained for. At the time, I have to say, you've and you've just mentioned it, that I felt, I mean, clearly it's got nothing to do with me, but I was more concerned for you on the road for three months. <laughs> yeah, just, I was <laughs> And I was just going, oh my God, you must be absolutely exhausted. Like physically, mentally, just right to the bare bones of you. And so I'm interested to hear you say it, you know, straight out like that, because I I was, I was thinking, oh my word, that, you know, everybody needs time to decompress from everything. And like a big thing, especially with 45 days or it was close to 45, was it? Uh, 40 40, days, yeah. 40 days, beg your pardon, on your own, on the ice. And then the other thing you just said there was about the forgiveness and I am no therapist. Um, but what I have heard over the years, and I'm sure some, many other people have told you this, that the, the forgiveness isn't for the other person. Of course. Yeah. It's for you. Yes. And, <laughs> and, uh, that's it, but it's really hard. It is really hard. Cause you kind of, as you were saying out on the ice, you, you sort of, you made it about them. You made it about the the crossness and the rage and the the whatever. And lastly, the other thing I wanted to, to pick up on was about the honesty and the boundaries and so on. And I think that's a very female 
thing. I think there are very few women who are not raised to feel like we have to be a certain way or to behave in a certain manner. Yeah. And for those of us who do not fit a mold of quiet compliance, <laughs> that's really hard. It's really hard and it's really hard to pretend for much of your life that that's who you are. And when you just want to say, no, I don't like it. This is what I, I want to be the way I am. 100%. And it's, it, yeah, it t- took me a while to get there, like definitely, because also I think when you have, you know, the, these other thoughts or you want to talk about other things, you think, oh, you know, am I the only one? And, you know, I'm telling you, you're not. <laughs> if you yeah. felt a certain way or, you know, there, there are other people out there that have too. And I think that helped me become more honest. Mm. So I was like, well, actually, if I've gone through this, then, you know, maybe other people have. And it helps to talk about it. And, you know, that's everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, like, let's talk about it all. And, uh, you know, I definitely don't think I shy away now from, you know, the difficult conversations or something mm-hmm. that might be a little bit uncomfortable, which I think I might have done before. And, you know, because actually let's have that conversation or that difficult conversation and, yeah. you know, and just have a sensible conversation about it and see where it leads. And, you know, I'm sure both parties or how many people involved will probably learn from that conversation. Yeah. And I find, I mean, I've, uh, you're about 20 years ahead of me in terms of your time scale. So bravo. <laughs> um, but I found, you know, for example, I had a, a work situation this winter where, you know, something happened completely, uh, nothing to do with me, but I happened to be in the firing line and the old me would have cried and made a fuss and then sulked and brooded and never dealt with it and just felt horrible about it and you know oh it must have been me the new me walked outside took a breath of very cold mountain fresh air walked back in and said that was absolutely uncool and unacceptable don't ever talk to me like that again the person looked at me and with genuine remorse said I'm really sorry I'm really sorry I know it was nothing to do with me uh, to, to do with you and that was it Amazing. How did you and, feel after that? Oh, I was like, well, two things, actually. Two things. One, I felt like like super goddess power woman. <laughs> Love that. But also, secondly, it literally went away just like that. I didn't brood. I didn't, you know, I didn't think, oh, he didn't mean it. Or, you know, I didn't second guess all the things that I could have said, should have said, he thought he he might have thought you know all that sort of crap that fills your brain yeah. i didn't think any of it i just went that's good i've said my piece he said sorry we're fine yeah and that's a, that's an amazing feeling of you know and i don't know if that's the sort of thing you're talking about but for me that's an extraordinary barrier to have broken oh 100% it's incredible isn't it and i think even for me I, so i remember like you know doing those talks and sometimes it was four probably five in a day with an evening talk and um, all I really wanted when I got back I remember people um, people get saying to me you know must you must feel amazing you just and I didn't I didn't feel amazing Mm. I felt Mm. um, I I think looking back just exhausted but at the time Mm. I couldn't figure out how I felt but I didn't feel like me at all Uh, and all I really wanted to do, do was just, you know, go to my mum's house and sit in a blanket yeah. and let my mum, like, <laughs> you know, make me feed and pretty much. Yeah. Like, I mean, when I look, you know, we were asking about childhood, I look back at my favourite childhood memories. So my mum used to work at Asda, um, mm-hmm. was just going to Asda and, you know, like having dinner or lunch on a Friday at Asda, having our fish and <laughs> chips and just, um, yeah, 
it's those uh, those small things that I remember that are like, yeah, my fa- favorite mm. memories, really. And um, I think, yeah, I just needed that R and R, which I didn't have. And uh, this time, I'll be uh, making sure I get get that time. Um, and I still will do school talks because you know they they were incredible and it was great to be able to reach so many young people and mm. I mean for me the highlight I think yeah literally the best thing ever has I've seen uh, young girls dress up as me and they've got like a makeshift sled or oh, you know for yeah. school and I'm just like well, I just I don't know what's better than that I really don't yeah. um, and it's really incredible and because when people asked me if I'd reflected on what I'd done I was like I wasn't sure but then sometimes I would see things like that and that you know that kind of yeah I would reflect on that and just be like wow that's just you know that's something else or see something you know somebody had written or or some you know really amazing emails I got from people and and I struggled I mean apologize now to people that have sent me messages or emails because to be honest with you there's just yeah there's so many there they all come directly to me and I just you know (laughs) I um yeah I haven't had the capacity to be honest to 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 kind of manage or go through them so it, it has been a whirlwind, but also, you know, yeah, it, it's been a bit of everything, really. It has been incredible. It's, you know, I've learned a lot about myself. I feel like I've grown a lot, not just through the 40 days on the ice, but, you know, mm. the the going up to that. And, you know, I really hope that, you know, people were inspired by it and, and you know, hopefully for the next one, too, because I've just thought to myself, well, actually, I'm going to keep pushing my boundaries. Obviously, that was always phase one of two anyway mm. but yeah let's see what we can do right let's um and then like I said the blog as well like some of the questions the students asked me they've given me ideas of what I want to talk about mm. on the blog you know a lot of people ask me how I manage my period some asked me when I asked any questions some asked me afterwards because I didn't want to ask you know mm-hmm. in, in the room itself and I'm, I'm like you know great question let's talk about that because it's a completely normal thing to talk about um yeah. or you know how I went to a toilet or, or any like any of those questions I think I think they're great yes let's let's talk about all of those things and you know people will manage things differently as well and, and you know what worked it's good it's good to know isn't it like what works yeah. for somebody else so I'm I'm excited about yeah the blog so I'm glad to hear that you uh, you listened along every day oh yeah because when I was out there I remember um like just before halfway as I was speaking to my partner on the satellite phone I was like is anyone listening <laughs> and he was like yes loads of people because you feel so cut off yeah. and even so for me I was just leaving I was leaving a voicemail so everything I was saying was on a voicemail uh, mm. and then my sister-in-law bless her was typing it all up for me so I didn't see obviously the the social media until I got back to mm. uh, to Chile and I had internet but yeah, it was uh, it's really kind of um, heartwarming to know that people are following the journey and, and would listen to it or, or read it daily. And I'm uh, looking forward to yeah, I'm looking forward to the blogs. Cool. Now, so you've touched on a couple of times that there is more. There's part two. And you just said a minute ago, well, obviously, this was part one of two. But when you <laughs> announced that the other day, I mean, I don't know whether I just hadn't been paying attention, but I was like, well, what? <laughs> <laughs> so you applied the very first thing you applied yes. for, you were turned down. Yes. And that is what you are going to do now. Is that correct? 100%. Yes. Right. Tell us about that. Sure. So um, when I decided I wanted to go to Antarctica, uh, when I figured out, you know, what what you can actually do there. Um, so I went on to um, the Antarctic Logistics and Expeditions websites and mm-hmm. um 
you know, did some research into it, I decided I wanted to do a crossing of the continent. Mm. So it almost looks like a right angle um, if mm-hmm. you're looking at it on a map. And I wanted to be the first female to do a solo and unsupported crossing. So it mean mm-hmm. that I'd carry all of my kit and equipment with me. Um, so the sled quite heavy at the start, about mm-hmm. 120 kilos Oof. over over a thousand miles and um, take about 70 days. Anyway, I didn't apply straight away because I knew I didn't have enough experience. So I waited mm. until I'd been to Norway, I'd done Greenland, and then I applied. Mm-hmm. And my application was rejected, which to be honest, I didn't actually expect. I Ooh. yeah, I think because I'd done Greenland, you know, through COVID and it was it was, yeah, it was really tough out there. I thought, yeah, that was gonna be enough. Um and it wasn't. And, um, you know, I remember feeling a bit deflated and I was sat with a tub of ice cream in my bed mm-hmm. thinking about, well, what what can I do now? So I decided to create phase one. Um, so phase one was me going solo to the South Pole, uh, solo and unsupported to the South Pole, which would give me the experience to go and do phase two. So I came back um, and I think Probably within the school talks, I um, from May time, I think um, I put my application in and it was approved, which was really Yay. exciting. So then, yeah, then I just needed to do, do all the rest of the planning and preparation. So I'm going now to do the thousand plus mile solo unsupported expedition across Antarctica. And the aim wow. um, is to be the first female to to do that. Um, so, yeah, the sled's going to be pretty heavy at the start. And yes. um the most technical part is actually the last kind of uh, 90-ish miles or so where I have to okay. cross a glacier on my own. Um, so I have to carry all this kit, kind of uh, crevasse kit, mm-hmm. um, for the last 90 miles. Um, so that's kind of been more of my training this year. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of in the Alps and doing a bit of mountaineering just to make sure I'm really familiar with the kit that I'm taking for yeah, that section. crevasse self-rescue yeah um, yeah and I mean hopefully glutes <laughs> yeah <your> exactly <laughs> hopefully I can avoid but you know the fact that I have to cross the glacier to get to, mm-hmm. to get to get to kind of um the, the end of the crossing but I'm I'm excited actually I'm excited to get out there I mean a little bit nervous but I think that's good to mm. have and just yeah going back over kind of all of my kit and everything as well and I didn't really manage to do any of that for the first few months because obviously being within the school talk Mm -hmm. so but I've yeah I've almost got enough sponsorship um which is really great and yeah I'm um I'm excited to go I remember somebody said to me I might have been a comment somebody said you know usually uh, or, or this person, you know, doesn't use their own money and only uses sponsorship. And I was like, well, I feel like if I'd waited for that, I wouldn't have gone on the first one. <laughs> so, or, you, you know, it'd been about 50. Yeah. And, and I just, for me, you know, I know it's risky, but like, if you really want something like, and I, I really want this, like, I'd put everything into it I mean I spent my house savings to go to Greenland so <laughs> yeah and what, uh, when are you going um so end of October I'll leave the UK oh wowzers it's really soon yes yeah so it's 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 been busy but you know next year I might have a holiday or something yeah so. <laughs> I think that would be a good idea lying on a beach for yes, a little while somewhere warm 100% <laughs> somewhere warm um so yes leaving quite soon and then I'll and I'll start um around the start of November so I was starting earlier this year because I, I need the season um pretty much to, to finish the expedition incredible and do you uh, how do we follow you same way through your 
Yeah. So um, Paula Preet uh, website or social media, Paula Preet, Facebook, Paula Preet. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't think I said this last time, but there's actually, um, as soon as I start, you'll see a map on my website mm-hmm. and there's actually a little voice note that you can click each day and actually you can cool. hear me um, yeah. talking from Antarctica. And then basically my sister-in-law manages my social media. So mm-hmm. she then copies it onto Instagram and Facebook and then my partner actually writes it up on my website as well. So that's how it's typed up. Um, for me, Amazing. I'm just, I'm leaving the voicemail. That's fantastic. I I, I uh, grasped that I think the last time, but I don't think I clicked on the actual voice. Oh I'll, yeah, so you can hear yeah, you'll hear, hear me coughing cool. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of, um, so do you feel do you feel like a different person going this time around? I feel like I've grown a lot and it's funny you know at the time I was thinking oh you know my application was rejected and but now I know that I have so much more experience and you know it's like with anything now I'm really glad that I had that extra year um so Mm. I'm I'm glad that happened but it's hard to see at the time I think with any rejection or failure you know at the Mm. time you're not like oh I'm gonna learn loads from this (laughs) so um but um, you sound well you sound just like um I was chatting to Oh God, Victoria, she just broke the record for the women's uh, solo crossing of the Atlantic. Oh. And, uh, Evans, Victoria Evans. Yeah. And she was saying, because she, she had the boat shipped to Spain when COVID hit and the Spanish authorities said, no, you can't go. And she had to wait a whole year to go. And you've just pretty much almost, although she didn't have the a smaller expedition to add on to her bigger expedition. She had a whole extra year's training. She had, you know, a summer with the boat in Portugal where she mixed work and, and rowing. And, and she said actually exactly the same as you. It just, she would have been fine, but actually having that extra year was a good thing. Yes. Yeah. Really, really helpful to have. Um, And just, you know, it's it's another year of training and, you know, getting kind of the experience that you Mm -hmm. need. So I'm I'm really glad I had that. I mean, same person, just, yeah, Mm. just grown really. Um, And hopefully continuing to grow and maybe realizing that I can have, yeah, I think realizing that I can have an impact and excited about, you know, what, what that can look like. Mm. And excited about the future as well. I don't know, you know, exactly what that's going to entail, but you know, I I can't see myself stopping anytime soon. And yeah. not because yeah. you know I'm going to do a you know bigger and bigger trips. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I will do other trips, but just in terms of all the other things I want to do, and mm. you know, groups that I want to create, and you know, how I can look at making the outdoors more inclusive, and just you know, I'm excited about all of that. Because you mentioned on the last uh, the last time we chatted that you were going to set up a grant. Has that yes. seen the light of day or is that still yes. to come? Or? So when I got back, I thought, right, you know, can I set up a charity and all these things? And I realized it's a lot of work to do that straight away. So I have actually given mm. the grant. I gave it through British Exploring Society. So they've helped me out. And uh, on the blog, mm. I'll announce who it went to and, and what their adventures are because I didn't want to wait. I wanted to make sure I gave one this year. So, yes, I've given the first grant, oh, Adventure Grant, which I'm excited about. Um, and I'll continue to do that and hopefully next year I'll be able to kind of set something else 
I'll set something up where I can kind of run it myself. Um, so yes, mm-hmm. that that will hopefully kind of continue for years to come. It doesn't really have a name yet, so I'll think about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's extraordinary. <laughs> oh well, um, yeah, exactly. A, a massive, massive congratulations. I'm sure we could keep talking for days about this, um, but I'm also pretty sure that you have talked the hind legs off yourself about <laughs> talking about this. Um, I'm so grateful for you taking the time. To, oh, thank you so uh, to come back and chat to me. I'm just in awe and I cannot wait to follow the next stage, phase two, because that's a that's a beast. And uh, how many people have done it? I know no women, but how many men have done yeah, it? Yeah, no, Do good you know? question. Um, so I think solo three. So Borgate Ausland <gasps> um, in around 1997 did uh, a crossing using a kite. Um, uh, I can't remember the exact mileage, but he went very far. And then Colin O'Brady and Louis Rudd did a crossing uh, only a few years ago and then mm. also just to mention uh, Felicity Aston as well is a female who did uh, a crossing that was supported so solo mm-hmm. crossing but but had resupplies en route uh, and as far as I'm aware they're the people that have, have done it solo. Yeah I remember the two men did they do it together or did they just happen to be there at the same time? Uh, that they the... happened to be there at the same time so they yeah. started at the same time and I think their finish was only a, a, like two days apart something like yeah, that. Yeah and yeah I remember that and a friend of mine who has a podcast I think has interviewed uh, at least one of them and he's he he's ex-special forces and said it was one of it was the hardest thing he's ever done so you know not to you know. <laughs> any pressure on you anyway listen I hope it's like a holiday yes it does um I hope it is amazing and wish you all the very best with that thank you so much thanks for listening I really hope you enjoyed that I'll be back next week with some more great chat with another amazing woman bye-bye